defining a very clear scope is so important. And I think sometimes, particularly where I see it, where, you know, you'll have a business that will be engaging a vendor to help them on their digital transformation. You really need to make sure that you're not just relying upon the vendor or the person that's executing the work to really be doing the planning for you. It should really be a collaborative process. Welcome to Your Branding Playbook, the podcast that breaks down digital and branding into bite-sized pieces. I'm Holly Ferling, and I'm thrilled to be one half of your hosting duo. And I'm Abe Kana, Managing Director of Vezini, bringing years of experience in the world of tech to help guide you through the rapidly evolving digital landscape. Whether you're a small startup or a large corporation, we're here to take the complexities out of digital and branding so you can take your business to the next level. Welcome back to another tactical episode and today we're going to talk about why some digital projects succeed and while others fall short. Abe, you've been a consultant for a number of years and I'm sure you have seen some really good ones, obviously, what you guys end up putting out as, as Vezinique, but I'm sure you've seen some absolute horror stories as well. Yeah, I definitely have. Actually, there was one in particular that I wanted to share with our listeners today that um, I actually remember first hearing about when I was studying IT at university. And um, it's actually a story about uh, Queensland Health. We're implementing a new IT system um, within the organization called SAP. And SAP is an enterprise resource planning system. So effectively, it, it, it was designed to do all of the core business functions within Queensland Health. So payroll, invoicing, um, inventory management, all that kind of stuff, basically. But it's an interesting um, case study because what ended up happening was is that the rollout of that um, software, unfortunately, didn't go to plan um, due to a number of reasons, which you know we'll talk about in a moment. But fundamentally, thousands of health staffers were actually incorrectly paid. And the cost of the project as a result then blew out from an initial $6.19 million to $64.5 million. So Queensland Health, as you can imagine, got a lot of flack for it in, in the press and unfortunately, yeah, it had to be canned. That's insane. So $6.19 million to $64.5 million. Like that's not just a little bit over budget. That is massively over budget. Yep. And obviously it's all in perspective, right? Like Queensland Health, obviously that they're a big organization and it was a big, big change for them um, from a digital standpoint and, you know, you could also have a, a very similar scenario happen at a smaller scale as well, if you're, even if your project isn't of that value or that size. Um, but there's some fundamentals that you really need to get right when you're embarking on any kind of transformation, whether it's digital or IT or tech-based, you know, those, those considerations need to be made. And um, that particular case that I mentioned earlier, um, there's the fair few key learnings that you know, we'll talk about today that hopefully people can take away and, and think about um, if they're either going through a digital transformation right now or planning to embark on one. We'll talk about the keys to success in a moment, but tell me why didn't things go to plan for Queensland Health? Well, it was a combination of, of a few things, but I guess some of the kind of key issues that um, were publicised were that there was a, f- a few technical issues, uh, a combination of like lack of pre-planning slash project management 
and really underestimating probably the complexity of, of what they were embarking on as well. Um, and that actually obviously resulted in, you know, some breakdown in communications and also um, ensuring that, you know, all of the key stakeholders that were involved in that process were along along the journey as well. Um, and you can probably tell there there's a few key themes that um, really resulted in, unfortunately, what was the demise of that project. Okay, let's get into the keys to success then. So we've spoken about other projects, how they didn't go so well, but what are some of the keys that you see uh, that that end up in a really positive outcome for a project, for a business? Yeah, so there's a, a couple there that I obviously mentioned earlier with we, the problem with the issues that uh, happened at Queensland Health with their SAP implementation. But in my experience as a project manager and I guess a change consultant, um, there are three kind of key pillars that I've noticed um, in why I see some digital projects obviously succeed and do really well or why some fall short. And those three kind of key, I guess, pillars that I would recommend looking at are, you know, look understanding what your pre-planning or pre-project management strategy looks like. And then obviously understanding, you know, what prerequisites might be required for you to embark on the digital transformation. And then secondly, um, also understanding how to ask the right questions and ensure that you have a good understanding as the maybe the the project champion or the person that's engaging in that digital transformation to ensure that you understand all the um, kind of key moving parts in the the transformation or the digital project. And then lastly, it would be obviously really ensuring that there's good channels of communication throughout the entire project from end to end. Some of the things you've just listed there, they're quite simple, which is really, I don't know if it's enlightening or, or heartening to, to hear that, that it is quite simple, but I can imagine that the larger the project, the larger the organization, things just start to get that much more complex. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the risk profile is also a lot, a lot higher as well, or like, a lot more riskier. Um, and that's where I think that first point that I mentioned around understanding um, the requirements and really defining a very clear scope is so important. And I think sometimes, particularly where I see it, where, you know, you'll have a business that will be engaging a vendor to help them on their digital transformation. Like a good example might be a website refresh or a platform redevelopment. You really need to make sure that um, you're not just relying upon the vendor or the person that's executing the work to really be doing the planning for you. It should really be a collaborative process where you're both taking almost like an equal ownership or responsibility on ensuring that the scope of the what you're setting out to do is shared and then in turn once you've understand the scope it's obviously a lot easier to then understand well what are the risks that are involved in doing this pro this digital transformation or this digital project uh, and then once you understand the risks you can then obviously mitigate for them you know and then ensure that you have plans in place to um, uh, address those risks and that's where we find projects tend to succeed where the appropriate pre-planning and preparation is done. I must say that is something that you and Vezenig do really well is kind of you consulting all the way through and making sure that clients are, and, and you guys are, are also on the same page. What is it about your approach, do you think, um, that allows that to happen? Um, have you had experiences previously where things haven't gone to plan for, for even yourself and, and how you've set up your business? But um, yeah, w- what is it about the way, your approach do you think that allows 
you to be able to communicate in, in such a, I guess, an easy manner to bring those clients along the journey? Yeah, I think it's really just trying to take the mind frame of an understanding that you're in it for the same outcome, which is obviously having a successful outcome for the project. And I think helping share those experiences and, and like you said before, I have had some experiences where projects have failed or, or you know, fallen, fallen short because of a lack of pre-preparation um, and sometimes done in a bit of a haste or a rush because, you know, there's this, dead, this hard deadline that we need to meet. But, you know, people sometimes skip steps to try and, you know, get to an outcome quicker, but then don't realize by skipping those steps, you're actually potentially creating more work for yourself by because the project might fail. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things that clients can take or, or businesses, the steps that businesses can take in order to make sure that they can, I guess, mitigate some of these risks that, that you've spoken about? You've, you've given some really um, these keys to success, but what are some particular steps that they might be able to take? Yeah, I think um, if, if you are working with a third-party vendor or even if it's a digital transformation that you're doing internally within the business, I think you can probably try and go online and find templates or documents that can help you prepare for the project transformation. Um, and it might be like scoping templates or risk profile matrices that you could utilize to then conduct a bit of that work internally before you engage someone. Um, because a lot of the time, if you flesh that stuff out in the early days, when it comes to actually then having those conversations with people about how you go about executing the digital project, it becomes, I guess, significantly more easier when you've got a very clear roadmap. Wonderful. Abe, thank you once again for all of your practical tips. I'm sure that there is a lot that the listeners can take from this episode and making sure that the next digital project that they take on can really take those steps towards success. So thanks again. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you or your business needs help in the branding or digital space, or you'd like to continue today's conversation, feel free to connect with me, Abe Kana, on LinkedIn or visit our website, bezanique.com. More details can be found in the show notes. This podcast was recorded on the Ngunnawal and Turrbal lands. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.